Hello and welcome to this edition of the Matt Adams Podcast, coming to you semi-live from the southeast side of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Matt Adams, the titular hero of the Matt Adams Podcast. Special correspondent Ann Adams is taking the week off to relax and not talk about stuff. Now, when last we met and last we talked, we were discussing cell phones and Anne had gotten herself a new cell phone. I had gotten a new cell phone as well. So I'm going to kick off this show with a little bit of an update. So sort of like the John Voigt car when it exploded in Seinfeld, when it caught fire. And George Costanza was like, the John Voigt car is no more. I have to say the same thing about the Huawei phone experiment. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to, after having a really good week, with a thin, sleek, and fast device, I'm going to have to turn the Huawei back in. Thank goodness for Amazon and its 30-day return policy on the phone. It was an unlocked phone, so you could throw in your SIM card and use it pretty much immediately, which I did. I transferred my contacts and stuff over from my old Samsung Galaxy S7, or J7, Samsung Galaxy J7, and had all of my stuff on that phone. I had a lot of time, a lot of fun going through it. And, you know, trying something different was, which was getting a phone from one of these Chinese companies that, that does make good hardware and some good software and uh, giving it a go. And if you look on Amazon, this phone has phenomenal reviews, uh, more than a hundred or more than 900 reviews. Uh, it's straddling that 4.5, 4.4 stars rating. And a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about it. And I looked for a long time for a mid-range phone that I thought would give me good value and some of those flagship features. And of course this all started out with the Poco phone and, and how that has, you know, the top tier processor and and a lot of a lot of RAM and a lot of memory pre-installed on it. So that looked like a really fast phone, but then there's concerns about the LTE bands that they use on that phone and would you be able to use it here in the US? Uh, the global version, it's it's unclear, and uh, the way LTE works across different parts of the country, you know, you could be in Florida and use it and, and have 4G LTE just fine, then you could be in the Midwest somewhere and, and not have it working, and you know, for $300 to not have a primary function of a phone, no matter how much of a hot rod that it is, is just too much of a risk. Now, I suppose I could have done the same thing with uh, the Poco phone and, and paid for that and had that shipped. And if it didn't work out well, you know, you could always return it from Amazon. So maybe I should have done that and given it a try, but I just didn't think with the LTE thing, uh, again, that's a primary function of a phone, that it, it, it would be wise to do that. But maybe I should have. Now, I, I love the Huawei uh, SE Mate, and Anne can tell you I was obsessed with that phone for the the week and a half or so that I that I had it and I, I didn't really think there were any problems with it. Uh, there were some shortcomings I was aware of. One of the primary ones being that it only has one Wi-Fi band. It it does 2.4 gigahertz and not 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. And you know for for most homes are 2.4 gigahertz and most home routers are dual band, so it can usually pick up the 2.4, and that's not a problem. However, at work. It was a problem. Uh, we have pretty much a, a 5 gigahertz uh, connection at work. And while the phone does uh, sometimes seek out a 2.4 gigahertz band and, and connect, there is a lot of uh, drop in, in the Wi-Fi signal and as far as speed. And sometimes it just loses it. And it'll say it's connected to Wi-Fi, but it's really not. Even after you've put in the, the password and it's connected and it says it's connected, and then it, it's not actually on the Wi-Fi. And it's not a big deal because, I mean, I don't use my phone a ton at work. And if we just keep it on the 4G connection for the most part, that's fine. It's just going to be on standby doing, you know, background tasks and push alerts and that sort of thing. And I, I could I could take that compromise because I like the phone that much. I mean, it, it's a sleek device. The fingerprint scanner, which I know it's an older feature, something that has been on these phones for several years now, but... Given the phones that, that Ann and I have had over the past few years, we didn't have a fingerprint scanner, you know, so you always had to slide up the screen and type in a pin, 
you know, there was no iris recognition, no facial recognition, no fingerprint scanners or anything like that. So that was a real novelty for me, and I thought it was really a cool thing that you could do. And Huawei has one of the fastest fingerprint scanners that you can get. I was actually showing in last night before I wiped the Huawei uh, to prepare to send it back home to wherever home is for it, that the fingerprint scanner is noticeably faster than it is on the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. And not that the 9 Plus is slow, it's just you can tell that Huawei is super fast. Just right away, and there's just a slight delay. It, it's not long, and if you weren't looking at those phones side by side, you'd never notice because it feels like the S9 Plus has a pretty good fingerprint scanner on it, and it does. But the Huawei, whatever they're using, whatever tech they've got, that is that is top tier on the fingerprint scanners. So, you know, the Wi-Fi thing, and I, I knew about the Wi-Fi thing going in, looking over the reviews and, and all that. So I was prepared for that. That's a compromise that, you know, I could I could live with more or less. But what I had real problems with was in the last few days, notifications stopped showing up. I work in TV news, and I work in the online portion of TV news, and it is a competitive industry, and you're always looking at Twitter, and you're always looking at Facebook, and you're relying on your phone to get push alerts so that you know if something is breaking that, hey, we need to go to this, and this is an important thing, or so that you can push out news from your own station and make sure that goes out and is represented correctly and then see the other stations react, or, you, you know, we play a friendly, well, it's not a friendly competition, but we like to see if we can get our stuff out before the other stations. And unfortunately, for some reason, the phone stopped giving notifications on a consistent basis for the news apps that I rely on. Now, I never missed any text message notifications. Those were fine. That was not a problem. And I didn't miss... You know, things like email notifications, those came through just fine. But the push alerts from the TV stations would not come through. And it's a professional consideration for me and the job that I have. It's an important thing that needs to, to work. And I, I googled a, a lot of different things about Huawei and this particular phone and, and its similar sibling phones. And I just could not get it to work consistently at all. Sometimes a, a notification would push through, sometimes the notifications wouldn't push through. And I thought maybe at first it was because of the Wi-Fi thing, because we have the 5 gigahertz band at work, and maybe it, it was losing connection with the internet, even though it thought it was connected. But even when I'd have that phone in standby mode and uh, be using the 4G LTE on it at work, which was connected and fine and worked great, there were no notifications coming through, or they would only come through here and there. And that that is unacceptable. I just, I cannot do that. And a lot of it has to do, from what I understand, with Huawei and its EMUI interface. It takes a very aggressive stance to preserving your battery life. They want to make sure that, you know, they, they will shut down tasks and background tasks and stuff like that in order to make sure that the phone has great battery life, which it does. I could come home, it'd be on standby from, you know, about 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning or so when I get up to 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon, and when I would get home, I would still have 75% of my battery life left on my phone. And that, that would include some light use, you know, some texting, checking the bank account, you know, maybe doing a, a search or something like that. Nothing nothing major. I, I check, we have a Willy cam, so we can check on our beloved turtle, Willy. And so, you know, I'll, I'll check the Willy cam, make sure Willy's doing okay. So there's some light use. It's not just the phone sitting there all day. And, of course, I'm also using the fingerprint scanner because I think it's awesome to be able to just open up your phone. So I am using it. Not a ton. It's not a lot of screen-on time. But, you know, there is some use, and you're still getting great battery out of it. And so some of the battery optimization has to do with some of the push alerts not coming through. And I, I looked this up on, you know, some forums and, and tried to go through. I didn't, you know, ask any questions. I just was trying to find out if this was a similar problem that people have. And, yeah, it's a problem that they have with Huawei phones, which did not show up in the FAQs and the questions that I looked through in Amazon or any of the reviews that I saw for the phones and or for that particular model. 
and it, it's a problem uh, for a lot of people. And uh, the different solutions that I looked up to try to get those notifications to come through, you know, to exempt certain programs, let them run in the background, and not be involved in the battery optimization, uh, none of it worked. And so I was still not getting the notifications that I needed. And, you know, uh, 5 gigahertz I can, I can work with. And, you know, I made some other compromises. The, the default text messaging program on that is not great, so I downloaded Textra which is a really fun um, messaging app and uh, that runs SMS and MMS messages for, for cell phones. And, you know, so I, I tried that with Textra. That was fine. And so, you know, I will, was willing to make some compromises. The phone has a pretty decent camera for the price especially. And, you know, I was still pretty excited about it. But once the push notification thing was a problem and a problem that I could not solve, then I just made the determination on, you know, this week that I had to, I had to end it with the Huawei and send it back. So that meant a trip to the AT&T store. I was two months away for an, uh, an upgrade because we're on the AT&T Next program. Since I'd bought the Huawei outright from Amazon, it was unlocked. All I did was take the SIM card from my Samsung Galaxy J7 and take it from that phone and put it in the Huawei, and then suddenly I have an AT&T LTE phone, and everything's fine. Meanwhile, I still would have to pay off the J7. So all I did was come home, switch the SIM card out from the Huawei into the old Samsung, and then I went to the AT&T store, and Anne really liked her phone. And if you uh, remember, she got a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. And so I went to the AT&T store yesterday, and went ahead, and the AT&T Next plan pretty much splits your phone up into installments. And if you pay about ha if you pay halfway on your phone, then you're due for an upgrade, and you don't have to pay off the rest of the phone. You just exchange it. And I was about twenty dollars away from that on the J7, so I just took in the J7, paid the twenty dollars, and then you know got the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. Now I I looked at all of the Samsungs there. They have, you know, a bunch of them. I think they go back to S7 that they still sell in store. There's the S8 and the S8 Active. And then they've got the S9, the S9 Plus, and uh, the Note 9, which is humongous and comes with the, the stylus, the S Pen, of course, that we talked about last week. I thought about going a little bit less expensive and going with just the S9 model. It's a little bit smaller. It's actually about the same size as the Huawei. I think the screen's like 5.8 inches or something along those lines. And, you know, but I liked I liked the heft and the size of Anne's phone. And she she had the S9 Plus. And so I decided, especially the, the form factor, these phones, um, not from front to back thickness, but from the, the screen... Um, top of the screen, bottom of the screen thickness, uh, horizontal thickness, if you will. Because of the, the, the aspect ratio that you're, you're getting, the phones feel thin when you hold them. And since the S9 is smaller uh, of a phone, it feels sort of tiny, even though it's, like I said, about the same size as the Huawei. I went ahead and went with the S9 Plus. Now, Anne's is purple, or lilac, or whatever they call it, because, you know, you can't just have purple and blue or whatever. And uh, I have the choice of going with uh, coral blue or lilac or, or there's black as well. I don't remember if black is called black or if it's, you know, silhouette black or stealth black or some stupid name like that. But I decided to go with blue. Uh, again, I really wanted to like the Huawei, and I did. I mean, Ann can tell you, last night I was cleaning it up, getting the SD card out of it, and putting all the accessories back into the box. And, you know, I just, like, feel how thin this phone is, you know, from front to back. It's just, it feels good in your hands. That fingerprint scanner is right there, very easy to use. I love the color on it. It was sort of a, a gray, sort of a gunmetal gray type of color. It, it was gray, as a, you know, for a slab of glass. It's a pretty nice, kind of beautiful little phone. And I didn't want to get rid of it. But, like I said, you've got practical considerations that you have to keep in mind. Sure, you like your phone, it feels good, and it looks nice, and but does it work well? And unfortunately, for what I needed it for, it didn't work well. You know, the weird thing is, it was really the news apps that I was having the problems with, 
because the Yahoo Sports app could send whatever it wanted to. I was, I mean, I get so tired of the notifications that I would get from the Yahoo Sports app. Now, I, I suppose I could go with ESPN app, but I didn't because I had a problem on the other Samsung, and it's the older Samsung and stuff, so it may have, may have been more that than anything, but I had a problem with the older Samsung and that the ESPN scoreboard you had as a widget on the phone would not work well. It wouldn't keep things updated, and it's like your whole reason for existence is to work and to show scores from football games, from teams whose scores I want to see, and it really wasn't doing that. So I then switched to the Yahoo Sports app, mostly because I've been a Yahoo customer for way too long, and I still actually have a Yahoo account that is sort of my primary email account for things, because when I first started using the internet, uh, I was like a soft, when we first got the internet at home, I guess I should say, I was a sophomore in high school, and we, we got a first, like, real computer, it was a Pentium, it was a compact Presario, I made a, a email accounts, and it was the same one that, that I've, you know, I've had it for years now, that was like 1996, so I've, I've had that email account now for like 22 years, which is insane, and it, it's kind of turned into my primary one, and, you know, people look at you sideways when you have a Yahoo account, just the same way that you look at people if they have an AOL account on, on their email, and you're, they're just kind of like, what are you thinking? Well, Gmail didn't really exist until I got into college, and even then, it was invitation only at first. And by the time Gmail rolled around, I had had my Yahoo account, you know, for a long time. That's kind of where I do business. And so I, I do have a Gmail account, and I, I use that sort of as my, my cast-off. And, of course, if you have an Android phone, then the whole ecosystem is built around Google and Gmail. And so, you know, it's a good thing that you that I had a Gmail account, because you can just use that for your phone when you sign in. So... You definitely need one. It's just not my primary mode of, you know, everything. A lot of my stuff is tied to my Yahoo account, which, you know, is, like I said, kind of funny. People look at you sideways. But it, it's worked for me for years, and that's that's why that I've I've had it for so long, because it's the first one that, that I had. It's kind of funny to, to have had a Yahoo account for so long and to have that as your primary email and, and to use that uh, on your phone uh, when it is, in fact a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. There are definitely some benefits to having the S9 Plus that you don't get with the Huawei Mate. And obviously the 5 gigahertz thing will no longer be a problem. This phone, I mean, the Galaxy J7 didn't have problems with the Wi-Fi at work, so this will not have problems. Um, I have seen, it's tough to judge on a Friday night because typically news organizations don't send a lot of news alerts on a Friday night, but I did get a couple on the Samsung, so that was that was good and uh, working well. And one thing, when I went to the AT&T store, you know, it, I was only in there for like 45 minutes, and some of that time was spent because I knew exactly what I wanted, and I think the guy that was in there had recognized me. I'd been in the store a couple times before, and he was eager to wait on me and, and knew that, you know, I kind of knew what I was talking about with the phone. It wasn't like... He was going to have to explain a ton of stuff because I'm well-versed in sort of the terminology and, and how to look for it and, and what I was looking for in the phone. And so, but while we were doing this, there was like a guy who needed help with like an AARP account discount. And so we're trying to put my phone and get my stuff together. And this guy was here before me, but he took forever to like find this information that he needed it. And then when he found the information that he needed, he was like okay, uh, we're going to do this today, and it's like the AT&T guy was very good, and I'm like, just go ahead and take care of the other guy and get his stuff finished up. So that was fine. And then, you know, another woman came in, and she was like, my phone is sending messages to people, and I'm not sending messages to my phone. Why is it doing this? And so the guy looked at her phone and, you know, tried to figure out why, why that was happening and thought that he kind of came across why that was the case. And then, you know, we're trying to get this thing finished up. Another person comes in, and she can't get her voicemail on her phone to work. It's not uh, working correctly. And so he's just trying to figure out what the deal is with that. And, you know, it's while I'm trying to, to do this. So I could have been, I was in there maybe almost an hour. I said 45 minutes, but it was closer to an hour. 
And it, it could have, I could have been out of there in about 30 minutes, but just people just kept coming up to this guy with problems. And I guess nobody else in the AT&T store knows how anything works. So they just kept going to this guy to, to get things figured out. And it, it's fine. It just took a little bit longer than it probably should have, but, but that's fine. I mean, gosh, Ann and I were those people in the store the week prior because we were trying to get Ann's J7 wiped and we could not for the life of us remember her Samsung password because Samsung's so awesome they make you make a password for your phone in addition to the pin code that you've got you've got a Samsung account which honestly we've never used anything with our Samsung account we do everything through Google and our, our Gmail logins but Samsung makes you sign up for one and Ann would put in her password and it would spit it out and it would say it was wrong and so she ended up just having to do a, you know, password recovery and set up a new one. And finally that worked. But because we had one final step last week in the store. She got her phone. She picked out a case. She was ready to go. The only thing is you got to do a factory reset. And they make you do it in store of your phone that you're giving back to them that you have paid half of. You know, because we didn't pay those phones in full. Either of them, we paid what was left of the halfway installment so that we could go ahead and get a new upgrade. You know, she could not remember her Samsung password. I think part of it is because we were putting the Gmail password in, and, you know, Anne tries to kind of use the same, they tell you not to use the same password, but, you know, when you have 80 different things and 80 different services, who can remember 80 different types of things? And there's programs that can help you keep track and that sort of thing. She couldn't get that to, to, to work and it was just the final step it was put in this password and then hit delete and then your phone is deleted all the information will restart and you're done and she couldn't figure it out so they she had to do a password recovery on it so I'm doing the same steps and we, we didn't I mean we didn't make fun of her or anything like that it's just like that was the one thing that kept us at the store with Ann's phone and kept us there probably an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes or so because we couldn't complete that last step and we couldn't leave the store with her new phone until we got rid of the old one. And so I ran into the same exact problem. Even though I went to my notes and uh, I have a OneDrive through Microsoft and I, I have a, a password list that I keep there that's secure and... So I had kept my Samsung notes in there for what my password was. It's right there. The username and password was right there. I type it into the phone to do the final reset, and it says this account is not found or the password is invalid. So I tried a couple of different ways to put it in, and it said, oh, we're sorry, that is not correct. So I had to do the exact same thing Ann did. I couldn't get out of that store until I got the J7 cleared to a factory reset and all the information on it deleted for, for my safety. So I had to do the same thing. I did a password recovery for that, uh, set up a new password, and then I typed it in, and it still wouldn't work. I went back to the previous screen, typed in a, the PIN number again for the phone, and then typed in the new password for the Samsung device, or the Samsung account, and finally, I was allowed to delete the phone and leave the store. I don't know what the deal is with our Samsung accounts. I don't know why Samsung makes you have an additional Samsung. Well, I know why they do it, but it still stinks that you have to have a Samsung account on top of your Google account that, that you know, logs you into stuff. I, I just, I, I do not understand why that has to be the case. And it really, <laughs> really caused a problem for us in the store. Again, first world problems, nothing major. But it's kind of funny that we both ran into the same brick wall when trying to just finally turn our phones back in. And so, yeah, she couldn't remember hers. And I had, I don't think that it's, I will tell you this, I don't think it's a case of her not remembering her phone password. I don't think it is because I knew what my password was and I still couldn't get through. I think there must be some sort of extra layer of security when you do a factory reset that they want you to put in a new password just to make sure you're doing what you're doing and that you're sure about that that's how you want to proceed. I think that might be what it is. And, and the AT&T guy sort of alluded to that yesterday or on Friday when I went in to, to get the new phone, but man, it, it was frustrating and it was frustrating for Anne. Then you got a new password and then you're frustrating for me doing the same thing. And I had my password right out in front of me and I knew what what you know I thought I knew what it was 
and then I, I couldn't get it to, to go. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We, we finally figured it out. The Galaxy J7 is gone, and the inferior camera, it had decent battery life, and the performance was okay, but again, the 2 gigabytes of RAM, it was nice to pay $10 a month for a phone, whereas you're pretty much paying three times that for the S9 Pluses per month. But if you're not getting the fe- it goes back to the same thing with the Huawei. If you're not getting the features that you want, if you're not getting the performance that you want, then, you know, what? It's, what's it worth? I mean, it would be nice because with the Huawei phone, it's unlocked, so you just pay it outright, and it's yours. There are no monthly fees that you have to pay to pay the phone off or finance it because it's done. That's not the case uh, with the AT&T phones. But, yeah, that's great. You own your phone free and clear, but it's not working well for you. It's not performing the essential duties that you need it to. And it's a shame because I really, I mean, I've, I've got the return ready to, to go. I've just got to print off the label from Amazon, uh, stick it in a box, take it to the UPS store, and send it back. And uh, it's just too bad because I really did like the the phone and the form factor. And I, I some people complain about the it's it's a skin you know that they they put over it their their user interface on that phone. A lot of people have complained about it, but I, I liked it. I thought it was fast and worked well and made sense. I thought it looked nice. And you could use a different launcher, you know, a Microsoft launcher or Nova launcher or whatever you wanted on that phone. And you'd be fine with uh, doing that too, I think. Unless, unless the reason people complain about EMUI is because you can't run custom launchers on it. But I, I think you can. I think I could have installed Microsoft Launcher on it, but I, I didn't because I actually like the interface really well. You know, I, I walked out of there, and you know, thank goodness for the 30-day return policy from Amazon. Gives you a chance to use your phone, shake it down for you know. After a week, I, I really was in love with the phone, and I, I even still love it, but. I have to, you also have to be practical, and the phone is not serving uh, you very well for what you need it for, and the notification things, and I I spent like three or four days trying to troubleshoot it, because I'm like, I'm going to save you, I'm going to save you phone so that I can keep using you, and I I just, I could not get it to work, and then I I will say, you know, it's funny, Anne considers herself a little bit accident prone, and she can be, and of course we talked about how she dropped her Microsoft Lumia that we really liked, she dropped it twice, you know, once within like the first week of having it, and then later toward the end of the lifespan that brings us to here now with our Galaxy J7s and our Galaxy S9 Pluses, and having cracked the screens and stuff, so Anne didn't want to go out of the store without buying a case for her phone, and so she bought, uh, it's kind of this rubberized uh, plastic case, it's clear from spec, and we've had spec cases before, for some of our other phones, I think our uh, my Microsoft case for my or my case for my Microsoft Lumia was a spec, and so you you know what you're kind of getting from these. Um, so she got one of those from the store because she didn't trust herself for a couple of days to not drop the phone. Although if you drop it on the screen in a spec case, it doesn't really matter uh, whether it's got a case or not because uh, there's no additional protection on the front of the the, the phone. But at least the back. Um, which is glass, would not uh, have a problem or get any scratches or anything like that. So she brought, she bought the spec case at the store and then went on Amazon and bought a folio case for her S9 Plus because she liked the one that she had for her J7. Uh, it's a little, you know, folio case. You can fold the screen back and, and prop your uh, use it to prop your phone up if you like. And then it's also got a wallet on the inside so you can store some cash and some cards. So... You know, as Ann mentioned last week, if we go to the movies or she's going to a concert or something like that, she has her, she only has to take her phone and make sure to keep track of her phone. Doesn't have to worry about, you know, lugging around a purse because you can fit stuff in there. Plus, then with the folio case, uh, has a, you know, fold over front, so it protects the screen as well from any, you know, drips or from any drops. And, um... But the funny thing is, I, as I was sitting in the AT&T store getting the upgrade on my phone, you know, I was about, oh, I need to go ahead and buy a case for it. And I had it picked out. They were getting ready to ring it up. And then I suddenly had the epiphany. I don't need a case for my phone because Ann bought the exact same model of phone and has a case. It's not the greatest, most beautiful case in the face of the world, but it gets the job done, protects the back of the phone. And she's already got it, so I didn't need to pay another 20 or $25 or whatever for the case. And uh, it's really nice to, to have had that and saved a couple of bucks 
on it. There's a, there are a lot of nice things about the Galaxy S9 Plus. It's it's a flagship phone. I mean, it's it's a few months old, uh, and you know will very soon be replaced by a, a brand new Galaxy S10 or, or or whatever they decide to call it. You know, it's got more RAM than the Huawei, six gigabytes versus four gigabytes. Uh, the camera is you know world class on this phone. The Huawei camera was good, uh, pretty sharp. Uh, not great in low light, but that's that's a, a problem uh, with a lot of these phones. Is you know you you get good light, they'll take great pictures, they'll look sharp, but you get them in low lights, and you know they're terrible. Now the J7 camera really didn't matter if you were doing low light. If you didn't have like great daylight, then your pictures always turned out either noisy or blurry. That is not going to be a problem with the S9 Plus. It has a great camera. And I did go with this. Um, the S9 has a good camera too, the, the smaller version, but it doesn't have the dual camera set up on the back, whereas the Samsung uh, S9 Plus does. So there's that. It's got 64 gigabytes of internal storage, which is far superior to the 16 that the J7 had, but right on par with the Huawei, which had 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Expandable to the SD card slot, so I added 32 gigabytes uh, for that, and that's where I want to store most of my photos and stuff like that. So that means the phone has 96 gigabytes, and I'm sure that we'll run out of space at some point, but we've got about 40 gigabytes of internal memory left. And it, it's, it's funny because, you know, the, the Samsung J7s just had 2 gigabytes of RAM, and this phone has 6 gigabytes, and I have about 2.5 gigabytes of RAM open in this phone. It, it reserves like 1.1 or something um, basic phone functions and, and just the operating system and such, and then it's taking up another couple of gigabytes for tasks and, and apps that are running in the background. It, it's funny that this has more leftover RAM than the J7 actually had total RAM. That's, that's good. It's zippy. It's fast. Um, it does, you know, all the stuff that's that, that you need it to do, and it does it well. Uh, I did make a couple little errors. While I transferred all of my information from my J7 to my S9 in the store, I should have also run uh, the phone clone from Huawei to my new phone because the text messages that I've had for a week and a half or so are gone. I thought they would all be saved in cloud and backup, but uh, they, they were not. It's, not. it's not a big deal. There's nothing like, world-changing in there. I should have done that before I retired the Huawei. Then the other thing I should have done is I had the Huawei paired to my soundbar, and for whatever reason, the, the soundbar only connects to one device at a time, but even when it's not connected to that device, that's the only device it's looking for, and it won't pair with anything else. I was lucky I figured that out last night, so I was able to... Because sometimes when I come home and, and Ann's not here, I'll listen to some podcasts, and instead of listening through the speakers or putting on headphones, I'll listen to them through the soundbar. Plus, a lot of times when Ann and I listen back to the latest episode of the Matt Adams podcast, we listen to it on the soundbar. It's very convenient and, and has a nice sound, and you can, you know, turn it up as much as you need to. You know, there, there's a lot of benefits to having the, the S9 Plus. You know, you've got a Samsung. You know, those products are of high quality. Bye-bye, Huawei. And I'm, I'm kind of sad. Um, I wouldn't call myself heartbroken, but I'm, I'm sad. I kind of wish that, you know, we could have gotten that to work out because it was a really cool phone and I don't really have too many things to say about that are negative it's just the negatives that it does have were, were deal breakers for me and again the the, the wi-fi the five gigahertz wi-fi thing that it doesn't uh, recognize that band that I could live with and I looked through a lot of these budget smartphones these mid-range smartphones even the well-reviewed ones and, and the Huawei had been well-reviewed a lot of those phones don't do 5 gigahertz they don't have the dual band wi-fi as a cost-cutting measure to try to get that price you know under $250 and that's where a lot of them cut corners and it's not just them there's there's a cup there's like a Motorola that's like that and I think an LG and stuff that I was looking up that don't offer 5 gigahertz band connectivity and again it's a cost-cutting measure would I buy a Huawei again well I'll tell you what if um, if I saw one, and I think even the more expensive version of uh, one of their one of their phones, and I, I can't the the name of it escapes me right now, but they've got a few of their higher profile models that you know are more in the the five hundred dollar range, and they don't have the sacrifices that you made with the Mate 
and that was in the the gigahertz and although i i still think in the wi-fi the five gigahertz wi-fi but i still think that it would have problems maybe with the notification thing because that's not necessarily a, a limitation of the s the mate se as much as it is something that huawei's battery optimization does and if if that emui is the same operating system or the same android skin that is on that phone of one of their more expensive models, then you're probably going to run into the same trouble that, that you would. But you know what? For now, Galaxy S9 Plus, mine's blue, and is purple, and so now and I again have the same phone. And as you listen to in our history of cell phones, we didn't always have the same phone, but usually we kind of ended up with the same one, um, more or less, just because uh, we usually upgrade about the same time, and you know, then I don't get jealous of Ann's new phone, and Ann doesn't get jealous of my new phone. That was the big news of the week, was uh, trying to sort through my very complicated feelings on the Huawei Mate SE and having to say goodbye. I mean, I'll probably send it off back to Amazon, and then I'll get the, the refund, and then I'll probably never think about that phone again. But for now, you know, I tried something a little bit different, and it didn't work out, and I'm I'm kind of sad about it. But you know what? I can't really argue. I took some pictures of our turtle Willie this morning with the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus, and uh, the camera on this thing rules. And, and like I said, we're not we're not iOS people, we're not Apple people, so this is this is about as good as it gets when you come to uh, the Android phones right now. Until some of these uh, international phone makers bring some of their stuff here into the U.S., and then you can have something like the Poco phone that has the specs of the S9 Plus and the LTE bands that we need here in the U.S. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Going to switch gears real quick, talk about a couple of things. Uh, it was TV premiere week for some of the shows, and CBS premiered a couple of quote-unquote new shows that are actually old shows, and the fact that they're remakes or continuations of shows that were on the air years ago. Uh, the first being, uh, one of them being Magnum P.I. coming back, and then the other one being... Murphy Brown coming back. So I, I watched both of them this week. I thought I'd just give my thoughts on them real quick. And uh, Magnum P.I., you know what? I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I rolled my eyes when I saw they were doing another version of the show because, let's face it, Magnum P.I. is a character, yeah, but Magnum P.I. is Tom Selleck. Very hard to do Magnum without Tom Selleck. And it had a nice formula, you know, with with uh, Magnum and Higgins kind of being uh, antagonistic toward each other, and then he had his friendships, Magnum did, with, you know, TC and Rick, and, and Rick was kind of this shady guy, and they were all old military buddies and stuff. And, you know, it, it, it was a fun show in the 80s, and I, I can't say that I'm like Mr. Magnum P.I. historian on it, but I, I enjoyed Magnum, and... Uh, for a while, it was on Netflix, I think, before CBS pulled it off. Or maybe it's still on there. I, I, I don't know. But I had a little bit of a phase where I was watching Magnum P.I. episodes just because they're, they're fun. So I really enjoyed Tom Selleck in that role. And you really can't have Magnum without Tom Selleck. And, you know, they, they made some changes to this show. Let's say Higgins looks a little bit different than in the original, of course. They, they've changed. They've gender-swapped Higgins. So she's a woman. So... Uh, the dynamic between Magnum and Higgins is similar, yet different, because, you know, I, I keep thinking that at some point they're going to angle in on a romance between the two characters. It would be a mistake to do that, but that's probably the way it's going to go. Let's face it, it's a mainstream television show, and they always want their characters to... They think people will follow the show, especially if there's an, you know, will-they-or-won't-they type of relationship there, and that's probably what they're angling for. On that show, but it, it's funny because you know Higgins is still very similar to the original Higgins. Just happens to be a woman, and she can definitely take care of herself. She's got her two dogs, Zeus and Apollo, who do not get along with Magnum, and you know he runs from them and, and stuff. I, I like the, the the guys playing TC and Rick, very similar, you know, to the original. You can tell they've got a good dynamic. Um, probably the. The, the biggest issue, again, is you don't have Tom Selleck in the role. And it's hard to divorce yourself from the fact, you know, Tom Selleck, the Hawaiian shirts, the mustache. And Jay Hernandez, who really the only thing I've seen him in is he was uh, one of the guy he was Diablo in the movie Suicide Squad. And, you know, he does a fine job. It's just fine probably is not going to cut it in the show. You see a lot of the old things that, 
that you would expect, uh, voiceover narration and stuff from, from Magnum. And the thing is, you know, Tom Selleck always kind of had this smart-ass edge to him, almost, uh, almost Fletch-like in his delivery sometimes when he was doing his, you know, P.I. narration. And Hernandez goes for it, but it doesn't quite have that, that happy-go-lucky snark that Magnum, that Tom Selleck had as Magnum. And that, to me, that was a big element of the show, something that I recall really, really well. It's just kind of missing that. So, you know, this is the pilot, so, you know, I'll, I'll tune into a few more episodes and see where that goes and if that gets a little bit better. But, you know, when it comes to, like, charisma and snark, you've either got it or you don't. It's this subjective, intangible thing. Someone else may come away from the show and maybe they weren't as familiar with the Tom Selleck version or whatever, and they may think that he's hilarious and great, and, you know, that he pulls that, that role off as being sarcastic. But to me, it just didn't quite come off. But again, you're comparing a guy to this legendary TV character that is Tom Selleck. And again, the Hawaiian shirts and the mustache, and this guy didn't even have a mustache. That's fine, it's not a big deal, it's just a mustache, but, you know, it's Magnum, and that's that's what you expect. But, you know, a lot of the other trappings are there. The TC's got his tour company. The helicopter is decked out the same. It's painted the same. You know, Magnum's got his uh, his cars that are really cool to look at, although they, they kind of take a beating in the pilot episode. Actually, they both take a beating in the pilot episode. And because one gets destroyed, like, in the first five minutes, and then he gets kind of the classic Ferrari that he had in the TV show, but then it has a bad day as well. Uh, when he needs to to save somebody at the end of the show. And it's pretty cool because I think Justin Lin directed the pilot episode. He's like a Fast and Furious director. And so the the, the pilot is slickly produced. It looks great. It's got good action. And uh, the people in it are likable. So it'll just be, see, and I think the ratings for it were okay. They were not, like, great, great. Because there are a lot of people who are just going to refuse to watch the show because it's Magnum P.I. and Where's Tom Selleck? And why is Higgins a woman? And some people just can't get over those types of things. But I found it enjoyable, just not great to to be something that I necessarily know that I need to watch every week. So I'll have to see the next episode and kind of go from there. And I hadn't seen the pilot of the original Magnum for a while. I actually haven't watched it in a long time. But I, I looked up sort of the plot points, and I think I think the pilot of this new series is sort of based loosely on that because he had a, a buddy from the military, although it was the Vietnam War in the original where it was Afghanistan and, and, and MIDI stuff in, in the new Magnum, but he had a buddy that got caught up in something and his buddy got killed and he wanted to solve the crime, so you know he had his friends Rick and TC kind of help him do that because they'd all been together. I, I think some of that mirrored uh, the original pilot, but you know it, it, was, it was perfectly acceptable network television and I don't really have a whole lot of reservations about it, except, you know, like, dude, grow a mustache, and can you just be a little snarkier when you're uh, dealing with people? And, uh, you know, I, I like the guy, and we'll just have to see where it goes from there. Also, And that premiered, I think, Monday was Magnum. And uh, then you have Murphy Brown, which premiered Thursday, and it was it was enjoyable. I liked those original characters, and it was nice to see them back. I, I vaguely remember the show. I know that my mom watched it, and I sort of remember some things from it. You know, Murphy usually had, like, a guest secretary every week. She was very hard on her secretaries, and she looked at the world in a very, you know, cynical way and had a, had a very dark sense of humor about things. All that stuff is back in, in the new episode, and what happens is, you know, she wakes up on the couch, and Trump's getting elected, and she's horrified. It just happens to be that... She kind of, you know, she keeps in touch with her old gang from the old FYI show. They offer her a new TV show, kind of a, a panel show with uh, Corky and, and, oh gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name right now. They, you know, are going to be on TV and, and kind of breaking down the, the fake news era that, that we're currently elbow deep in right now. So it, it's trying to be topical. And then she has her, her son, of course, who was a source of controversy in the 80s and 90s. And he is a TV correspondent as well. But he has gotten a job on the Wolf Network, which, of course, is a thinly, thinly, thinly veiled reference to Fox News Network. 
or Fox News Channel, supposed to lean a little bit more uh, conservative and, and stuff like that. And uh, they end up having competing TV shows. They end up in the same TV spot and have to compete against each other. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun concept. When I watched the show as a kid, a lot of it went over my head because a lot of it was topical political humor, a little more serious than some other shows that uh, were out there while still having some, some fun. I think my only concern about the Murphy Brown show, and I think it's a show that is relevant for sure, but topical humor is very difficult to do in the social media age because people, you know, a thing that is a thing for an hour is not a thing an hour later, and I'm not sure that it's easy to capture that in a network TV show, giving the, the, you know, production schedules that you deal with. So, you know, when they're talking, you know, a lot of this, uh, people who are supporters of uh, President Donald J. Trump are not going to care for this show at all because it is a very, it's a show that takes a lot of shots at the current administration. And so people who, who follow that administration and support it are not going to enjoy the show at all because all they, they spend most of the show lampooning uh, the situation that the country is currently in. I'm not sure that that is going to be a sustainable model. Not, not so much that you know they take a slant and, and are against the administration or whatever. I don't think that's necessarily a concern because I do think while, yes, the administration has support, there is also a lot of opposition to it. And so you have plenty of people who would watch a TV show that's dedicated to lampooning and criticizing that administration and, and kind of therapeutically doing things. My concern is, okay, yeah, that's the base that they've established in this first show. Is that something that can be sustainable throughout a whole series for multiple years? That's probably where I am concerned that the longevity of the show, and I guess a lot of it will depend on what we see from the next few episodes, because the first episode does, you know, kind of goes through what some people felt was a horrifying situation where they woke up and they were definitely expecting one person to be present. They woke up the next morning and it was Trump that's present and they just couldn't handle it, needed to do something about it. And that is kind of the perspective that this show takes. And it's definitely relevant. I'm just not sure how topical humor is going to work over the course of, you know, 13 or 20 odd episodes. It was great to see the characters back. Uh, when they first reintroduced Miles Silverberg in the show, I was I was laughing out loud because uh, that character was always fun and would just kind of go into hysterics sometimes. And he went into his signature hysterics about how everything is awful in the world and he can't get on his social media and he can't handle anything. He'd walked away from their FYI show and they told him not to take a new job and the new job was on The View. He's like, I thought I could handle it, but, you know, every episode was like Game of Thrones and, you know, people with the gossip and the backstabbing and I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to get away from the world. So it was good to see Miles Silverberg back. But, you know, they're, they're kind of introducing uh, the concept of social media to Murphy Brown and, you know, some of that stuff can come off a, li a little bit rote sometimes. Try to feel too much of an, trying to feel like you're, you're trying way too hard to, to be hip and topical. We'll just have to see if, if that vibe continues past the pilot. But, you know, Ann Ann can probably tell you when she was here last night, she was in the other room and I was watching it. I got some pretty good chuckles out of the show, some pretty good, pretty good belly laughs, actually, out of the show. Uh, a lot of it because I really enjoyed the, the, the characters, and then uh, they did do a little segment on global warming at one point, and they were talking to the, the new EPA administrator, and she'd, like, worked in a gift shop at a museum before. That was, like, the thing that she did, and now she's the EPA administrator, which is kind of a, you know, it, it's kind of the, that is sort of what we think sometimes of the Trump administration and some of the people that uh, they have appointed to different things. So uh, we don't get too political on the Matt Adams podcast. We tend to stick to entertainment, although we did have, uh, you know, a discussion about the Holocaust a couple of weeks ago. So, I, but I don't want to, you know, get on a platform and start talking uh, too much about politics, but you know, it, it, it was a fun show. And uh, if you're in the right mindset for it, I, I think it was good. Um, it does feel dated in its presentation and safe, and I, I just mean, you know, it's kind of traditional sitcom, you know, set up, knock down, get your laugh track in, and it, it's set up like that as a traditional sitcom. So, you know, if you've watched anything like Parks and Rec or The Office where those have been kind of one-camera shows, 
it, we're back to sort of the, the more typical network sitcom format with Murphy Brown. And, you know, that's what I, I think people would expect. That's what people would be comfortable with, but don't expect any sort of, you know, groundbreaking production on the show. But, you know, I enjoyed it, so I will definitely give another chance to both Magnum P.I. and Murphy Brown because, you know, I, I found them enjoyable enough. I watched them by myself because I don't think Anne was really too interested in either one. But I would recommend that she watch Magnum. I think she'd like Magnum. Murphy Brown, I don't know. I'm not sure if she liked it too much as a kid. Now, one thing they did that was great in the show, and this this would be like the major spoiler um, for the episode, is that, you know, Murphy Brown had a history, and they even parodied it in Seinfeld when Kramer went out to L.A. He was Murphy Brown's secretary for an episode as a guest star there. And so she went through a lot of different secretaries and it was usually guest stars and they did different things with that. It was a running joke throughout the show. So they decided in this new version, they were going to give her a secretary and she needed to interview people. The first person that she interviewed was Hillary Clinton and it was actually Hillary Clinton showing up on the show. And it, it, it was, it was pretty funny. I thought actually, you know, she came in there and Marie Brown asked her, you know, if she had experience as a secretary and, and, and Hillary Clinton was kind of like, well, I've been the secretary of, yes, I've, I've been the secretary of a long, uh, of a large organization, of course, referencing her time as secretary of state for the Obama administration. And then also she, she, Murphy asked, you know, what her technological background was, if she was familiar with social media and email and that sort of thing. And, and Clinton made a, a joke about her, her emails, which, you know, I found funny. Some people may find painful just because it's a, it's a painful reminder of, of some things, but I, I thought it was in good humor. And I thought it was kind of clever. And uh, to, to, to get Clinton, and you know, I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to, to Murphy Brown, so maybe there was buzz that Clinton was going to appear on the show or whatever, but I, I didn't know it was coming. So, But sometimes I have my head in the sand. So what else, what else are you going to do? But hey, you know, give him a shot. To, I think, you know, mainstream-wise, Magnum P.I. is probably going to be a solid action show, kind of in the vein of the Hawaii Five-0 remake that's been running for a few years on CBS. And Murphy Brown... Like I said, if you're in the right mindset and uh, you have certain uh, political philosophies, then I, I think that you'll enjoy it and get some laughs out of it. Or it may terrify you. Or if you don't believe, uh, don't fall that way on the political spectrum, it'll probably annoy you and make you mad. But that's kind of where we are as a country anymore. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, CBS does a show like this that is network television. That is kind of the direction that they're 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 taking that show, which is the way that they took the original Murphy Brown as well. It's surprising to me, given the, the charged, split political world that we live in right now, that they would go, it's, it's you know, maybe it's maybe it feels like it's a bolder move than it is. Maybe people that are more familiar with the original Murphy Brown are like, oh yeah, well, what you see is what you get from this particular show. But to me, it's interesting that they, they go in that direction. Well, so we've talked uh, we've talked cell phones, goodbye, uh, Huawei, Mate, SE. Uh, we talked a little bit about Magnum PI and Murphy Brown, and I think that'll do it for this solo edition of the Matt Adams Podcast. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Statomatty, S-T-A-T-O-M-A-T-T-Y, or email me, Matt, at MattAdamsWriter.com, Matt, at MattAdamsWriter.com. Thanks for this joining me for this belated edition of the podcast. And uh, maybe next time I'll talk some sports. I'm going to do a review of the Colts, uh, quarter, four quarters of the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, doing that by their 16-game schedule. So they will play their fourth game uh, against the Houston Texans. And so I will do a podcast sort of uh, grading or, or looking at the season as a whole for the Colts. And that will be my first quarter Colts review. That will be coming up. And uh, you probably won't have Anne on that episode because she's just, uh, God bless her, she's just not that interested in the Colts and talking about that. But we'll have her back uh, for some more things up in the future. We've got Solo on Blu-ray, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. And, uh, well, I think that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening.